Hello again, everyone. I'm Randy Weddle. I'm your host, and I welcome you to this Creation Anew podcast. Hey, it's good to have you here. I'm glad that you have joined me, and uh, I am, I'm always glad to have you with me. And if this is your first time, well, um, a special welcome to you as well. I'm glad that you're here, and I hope that you will be encouraged and challenged by these podcast episodes. So, what in the world are we going to talk about today? Well, guys, we are right in the middle, as I say many times, we are right in the middle of a study of the book of, of, the, of Colossians. And we left last time at chapter 2, and Paul was talking about being free from falsehood. The Colossians were being encouraged to add on uh, works to their salvation through the Mosaic law, through the ritual cleansings and the ceremonies and things of the law. They didn't have to do that, he said. They were, um, they had died with Christ. They didn't have to uh, submit to philosophies that were outside of Christ or, or teachings that were outside of Christ. They didn't have to, um, to do anything except just simply walk with Christ. And and that's why he says that as you received the Lord Jesus, so walk in him. We received we, we received Jesus Christ by faith and that is how we live the Christian life. So with that, let's go ahead and jump right into things. And um we're going to go into chapter 3. I'd like to read verses 1 through 4. So let's read Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And if you have your Bibles, turn there and read along with me. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with Him in glory. Okie doke. Well, let's let's find out what's going on here. Paul is making the the point that these folks have died with Christ, and then in verse one he starts off and says, "And you have been raised up with Christ." Now this isn't um, something that has literally happened but that just because it's not literal doesn't mean that it's any less real let me explain when someone comes to jesus christ for salvation they they have they have a nature it's a sin nature and that sin nature is what controls them therefore they just simply do things that are not um in accordance with with God's word, that's that's what I did before I got saved, and that's what anybody does before they get saved. And whenever they believe, whenever a person believes in Jesus, that sin nature, that old man we call it, gets crucified and buried and laid to rest, and a new man comes about a new person, God's nature gets infused into a believer, and then they become alive. And that's what Paul is saying here, 
that new life. And in fact, that's why this podcast is called Creation Anew, because God is making people new creature, uh, creations. He's making making new creatures. He's, he's restoring sinful man to be saints. And if you're a believer today, you're a saint. That doesn't mean that you always do things right. It just means that <laughs> you are now alive with Christ. And Paul says you are raised with Christ. So I just want to explain that to make sure that you understand. Now, just because your sin nature, your old man, has been crucified and 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 died and is buried, you will still experience the ghost of that old man. And when you do, that's when you become tempted. That's when you become enticed to do things like you used to do. And that becomes difficult. And when we give in to that temptation, then it's we sin. So the sin nature can still really affect us. And if you hear my dog in the background, don't worry. He, he likes to compete with me, but um, don't listen to him. That sin nature can still crop up. And we can have trouble. We can go into times of rebellion if we if we listen to that ghost of the past. But we don't have to as believers. And Paul says here in verse 1 of Colossians 3, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. And, and the, seeking the things above is somewhat of the key to this verse. That's what the the Colossians are being told to do. Keep seeking the things above. Well, what are the things above? Well, we know from verse 1 that the things above are where Christ is. And Christ is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. So what Paul is saying here is the Colossians have been raised to a new life with Christ. And we see that also in in, uh, chapter 2 verses 12 and 13. They're raised to a new life in Christ. We also see this in Romans chapter 6, verses 2 through 18, and Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. So this is riddled throughout the Bible. And they are supposed to seek the things above. Those are the things in the heavenly realm. You've heard me in the past say, and if you haven't, you're hearing me now, there are there's another realm besides what we just see and experience and feel here. There's a heavenly realm. It's where Christ is. And he is seated, like I said, at the right hand of God. We see that also in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20. And this is the homeland. This, this heavenly realm is the homeland of the believer. We find this in Philippians 3.20 as well. Where when someone comes to Christ, this this present life is not their home. They have hope beyond the grave in a heavenly realm. The, The whole point of Jesus raising from the dead was, or one of the whole points was, that he was going to another place. He said that he would be leaving. But he's going to come back and take his believers and they're going to be in a different realm forever. And let's let's also just bring this out while we're at it. Believers who have died, they've died. 
they are physically dead, but they are alive in another realm. Those that die without Christ, unbelievers, they also, their body is dead, but they are also alive in another realm, and that is not the heavenly realm, that is the realm of hell. So there are different realms than just earth, than just this physical life. And Paul says, start looking ahead, start seeking those things above. And, and by doing that, what, you're, what he's wanting them to do is to set their affections or to think on the things above. We find that in verse 2. Now, these are the things are, that are, are not of the earth, but are of heaven. What was it Jesus said? Make sure that you, you, have, you, you don't build up treasure on earth, but treasure in heaven. Get ready for that heavenly realm. And see, that's, that's where the believer's heart is, or at least it should be. And Jesus says in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, that where the heart is, there the treasure will be. Guys, Paul is wanting the, the uh, Colossian believers to set their treasure or set their hearts, their affections on things above. Start looking for those things. He wants them to mind the things of the heavenly realm. He wants, he wants them to start loving those things. The Apostle John says, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. And this is all of that same, that, that same idea. Be concerned and desire the things of heaven rather than of earth. That doesn't mean that you deny living here on earth. It doesn't mean that you, you just say, I'm going to forget that I'm living here on earth. We still live in a physical realm here on earth. But it means that we should start looking ahead and start setting our desires there. Let me ask, which do you love better? Do you love the world or do you love God? Do you love this present life or the life to come? Now, this is just my commentary. What I'm about to say is just my commentary, so please take it for what it's worth. But one of the things that I think is so dangerous about the COVID-19 virus that, you know, is, is supposedly the pandemic of the world right now is that for many believers, it's got them terrified and they are going to try to save their life on earth over and above anything else. And guys... The Bible doesn't encourage believers to value their life on earth that much. Now, it may sound strange. I'm not saying have a death wish. But we should be looking forward to the life to come. And again, that doesn't mean we live uh, irresponsibly uh, or, or we you know, try to cause a premature death. But it does mean that we can live and we can obey God, and we can take the risk because he is holding our hand all the way into eternity. So Paul says, seek the things above, set your affections, or think about the things above. Why? Well, in verse 3, he says, because you have died. Again, Romans uh, 
chapter 6, verse 2 says this, Galatians 2.20 and Colossians 2.12 all point to this. The believer, whenever he or she comes to Christ, their old man dies. They go through a death and 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 they have a new life and paul says that new life is hidden it's concealed with christ and it's it, you can think of your new life in christ like a seed that's planted into the ground and whenever christ appears whenever he comes back that seed is going to mature and it's going to grow into a glorious life and a glorious being that's going to be you believer and as christ's glory is now hidden from the world so is the believers but someday the believer's glory is going to be manifested and remember the word glory there you want to think of dignity the believer's glory is going to be revealed whenever christ is revealed and we find this concept in first john 3 2 1 Peter 1 7, Colossians 3 4, Romans chapter 8, verse 19. And you can think of uh, this whole thing as like a tree that's in the, it's dormant in the wintertime. It, it looks dead. It's just the life is hidden. That's the life of a believer on earth. We should be looking forward to that springtime, the time when we go and be with Christ. Paul says you're going to be manifested with Christ in glory in verse 4. We see this in 2 Thessalonians 1.10. So when Christ comes back and he is made known, then the life of the believer, which is really Christ, it's going to be made known too. Guys, I don't think we have any clue, I know I don't, of exactly how glorious things are going to be in eternity and exactly how we are going to be glorious. So take heart in that. Be encouraged by that. That's, that's a wonderful thing. Okay. So that ends that, that portion of scripture. So, what do we do with that? Well, we start looking for the things above. We start loving what's coming for us rather than what's here on earth. Okay, let's take a break and we'll be back in just a few moments. All righty, guys, we are back. We just finished the first five or four verses of Colossians let me say that again. My voice kind of went weird on me. We uh, we just finished in the last little section there, Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. We we're talking about Paul telling the Colossians to look ahead, to start loving what's going to come in the heavenly realm. Now we find ourselves in verses 5 through 11 of Colossians 3. So let's read it, and then we'll, uh, we'll break it down. Therefore... Consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And to them, you also are in in them. Let's take a step back. Colossians 3, 7. And in them, you also once walked when you were living in them. 
But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its pure practices, and have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Jew. Let me take a step back again. I, I seem to have some trouble reading right now. Colossians 3.11, the last verse in this section says, A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man. But Christ is all and in all. Okay, pardon my butchering of uh, of that reading there. Um, sometimes uh, I uh, I've I've had some trouble with my eyes, and sometimes words uh, or letters kind of blur a little bit. Um, and uh, maybe someday we can talk about my eyes. But let's talk about this text right now. Okay. Well, what in the world is Paul talking about? Well, he was talking about, you know, that the Colossians have died with Christ and then they have been raised with him. And because they've been raised with Christ, they have a new life. They can now start getting rid of that old man. That's, that's part of the Christian life is you start saying no to that sin nature. So he says in verse 5, he says, Hey, therefore, you must mortify or put to death the members which are of the earth. That would be part of the old man. And and Paul lists these things out. Now, I'll be honest, my personal opinion is he's listing the things that are pertinent to the Colossians, the things that maybe they're struggling with. And I would say that some of us today struggle with these same things as well. Well, what are they? Well, number one, he mentions fornication. Now, that's a word that we throw around quite a bit, but what in the world is that? Well, it's the Greek word porneon. And that sounds a little more familiar, doesn't it? We get our word pornography from it. It's a twisting of, of a valid use and it's it basically refers to sexual immorality of any kind any form of sexual sin and we find this in galatians 5:19 1 thessalonians 4:3 and you can see god's parameters for sex in leviticus 18 6 through 25 and also chapter 20 of Leviticus, verses 10 through 21. Now, I have to warn you, when you read those passages, and I, I would encourage you, to, whenever I give you a scripture reference, feel free to look, because I want you to check me out and make sure that I'm telling you the truth. But when you read those passages in Leviticus, if you've never read them before, you might want to hold on to your hat, because some of them are shocking of the things that you should not do. But what's interesting is there is also a lot of freedom in the sexual life of the believer. Now, that's really not the gist of this time, this passage, but I just want to put that in there. 
God has a lot of prohibitions, but he also allows a lot of great things in the sexual world for the believer. So when we're talking about fornication, we're talking about sexual sin, sexual immorality. He also mentions the second thing as uncleanness. Now that kind of sounds vague too. So what in the world is that? Well, it's impurity. It is any impure action and unnatural desire. It, it could go down to even evil thoughts and intentions. Now, you may think automatically of the sexual nature, but this goes beyond just the sexual world. It also talks about just the intense and the thoughts in any realm. It could, it could be down to something benign. But if it's something that you should stay away from, then you should stay away from it. So uncleanness refers to, to actions that are against God's word, like adultery, incest, sodomy, things like that, unnatural, unnatural desires, okay? But it can also get into just what we think and our intention. We may be doing something good, but if the intention is bad, we still have to check ourselves. And we can see this in Matthew 5:28, Mark 7:21-22 and 1 Thessalonians 4:7. The third thing that Paul mentions is inordinate affection. Now these are things that we should be killing off in our life. The third thing is inordinate affection. Pathos is the Greek Greek word, or pathos is the Greek word, and it's basically a desire or affection that is excessive, something that may stir up passions or or desires to sin. Again, we can think a lot about the sexual world, but this can go on to other parts. You may be desiring something that is okay for someone else to have, but it's wrong for you to have. And if that's the case, then you could be suffering from, from inordinate affections. Now, John MacArthur refers to it as a, the physical side of sexual lust. And, and that, would be, that, that would be a more narrow view of it. We see scripture references to this in Romans 1, 26, 27, and James 1, 15. And those are, it's just, it's, it's wanting something that, that we really should not have. It's wanting something in an excessive manner. It's wanting something that will stir up our passion to sin. So the fourth thing is evil desire, and it's very similar to inordinate affection. It is a longing for what is forbidden by God. Now, MacArthur, again, I'm going to refer to him, it refers to the mental side of sexual desire. So again, he's, he's bringing it down to the mental side. But there are things other than the sexual nature that are forbidden that if we desire them, well, it's still evil. So you can go back to Exodus 20, 17 and see a reference to this. The fifth thing, 
And the last thing is covetousness. This is, this is just a wanting for more and more, whatever it is. And maybe it's money. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's uh, something else. Just more. You can't get enough of anything. Let me tell you, and this may sound strange, but when I was in high school, I couldn't get enough chocolate. And if I allowed my desire for chocolate to overwhelm, then I would be guilty of covetousness. Even to that level, you see, it's an immoderate love of something. And, and Paul says that it's idolatry. You see, if you put anything above your desire for God, it can become an idol. doesn't matter what it is. It may, it may be something good or bad. And idolatry is worshiping something rather than God. We see idolatry in Ephesians 5.5, 5, Romans 1.29. It is just an endless desire to get more. And when you desire more than what God has allowed you to have or, or uh, that, that he wants you to have, then you start getting into trouble. And we can go back, again, I mentioned Exodus 20, 17, but also Deuteronomy 5, 21, James 4, 2. All of these refer to covetousness, and covetousness is idolatry. Paul says, because of these earthly members... God's wrath is coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who don't believe. We find that in verse 6. And obviously just God's wrath is his response to man's disobedience. It's his just response. So Paul says, hey, you Colossians, you once lived with these earthly members or in these earthly members. We see that in verse 7. But in verse 8, he says, hey, put off. First, he says, mortify those five things above. And then he says, but you're going to live a different life. You've been raised with Christ. Mortify those five things and put away these next things. Basically, put away means to cast off. We find it in verse 8. And he says, put away wrath, which is just a, like a smoldering anger, something that's bubbling and, and sometimes it will erupt. And when it does, it erupts. And the word passion there is like a sudden out, outburst of anger. It's wrath. And, and, and malice. We're supposed to put that away. That's just moral wickedness. It's immorality. And immorality could be anything from lying to cheating on your spouse. It's immoral. We're supposed to put away blasphemy, which is basically slander or evil speaking, and also filthy communication, which this can get a little, a little, um, uh, a little funny here because it can mean many different things. Some people will say it's abusive language, and others will say it's profane language or filthy uh, language, that it's language that comes when we're mad or wrathful, or we have malice or hatred for, for someone. Others can say, well, it's just corrupt com communication. It's just um, words that are, are dirty. And, and it could also mean that it's obscene in the form of being flattery. 
complimenting somebody is one thing, but flattery where you're trying to compliment to manipulate, that's another. It could include lying, cursing, swearing. And then Paul brings out in verse 9, you need to put away lying. We need to tell the truth. And he says, you've put off the old man. And one of the practices of the old man is lying. And now you've put on the new man in verse 10. And that new man, Paul says, is being renewed into knowledge according to the image of God. And, and the new man is, is where Christ is. And Christ is in all in verse 11. Meaning that uh, Christ is in all believers and he is the life of all believers. So there we see the things that should start changing in our life because we have been raised with Christ. We are now walking with Christ by faith and we should start living life differently. Now, what in the world does this mean towards us, or for us, guys? It means the same thing. The things that the Colossians should be mortifying in their life, we should mortify. The things that the Colossians are told to put away and not bring up anymore, we should put away and not practice those things. Whenever you find somebody that claims to be a believer and there is absolutely no change in their life, you have to question whether they are whether they are really a believer or not if you've got an apple tree that never produces anything but pears well you have to come to the conclusion that you don't have an apple tree and apple trees and fruit trees can sometimes maybe have a season where they don't grow as well or maybe they don't grow anything at first and then they start bearing fruit that's the life of a person who has been raised to new life with christ so what about you have you been raised up to new life with Christ? And if so, what are some things that you can think of that you should start killing off and saying, that doesn't belong to me anymore. That isn't clothing that fits. So I'm going to kill it or I'm going to put it away. I would encourage you to take inventory of your life and see where you need to change. Alrighty, guys. Hey, that's all I have. And I just want to uh, to say I am so thankful to have you with me. And uh, if, uh, if you want to look us up as well on Facebook, you'll see some of the sermons that I do uh, because I do pastor two churches in the central Indiana area. And if you want to see videos of sermons, you can see that. There are some articles on the, on the Creation A New Facebook page, and there's going to be more coming. Uh, but uh, I'm glad that you're here with me, and I hope that these podcasts are helpful. We don't always do Bible studies. Sometimes we will do other things. We'll do some topical things. But right now we are in the midst of Colossians. And I hope that you'll come back and uh, be able to, uh, to look into God's Word with me. I'm glad that you're here. And until next time, just keep walking with Christ. Dig into his word. Find out what he has for you. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye.